Well, last week we started a series of messages titled The Power of Promise to open this new year because there is no better way to start any new year than by focusing our attention on God's word of promise for our lives. Whilst millions of people the world over have set out their New Year's resolutions searching to improve their lives, we as God's people live in what the Apostle Peter called exceedingly great and precious promises. We as God's people are not hanging our hopes on some flimsy New Year's resolution, I can tell you. Our trust is in the power of promise, the power of God's promise, God's revelation for our lives. Listen to Peter's words as we begin this morning about God's Word. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 2 through 4, he says this, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Get that in your spirit. Get that in your heart. Receive that as revelation from God's Word this morning for your life, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Exceedingly great and precious promises is how Peter sums up God's word of promise to us. And these very promises enable us, Peter tells us, to become partakers of the divine nature. Now, generally speaking, we all understand and accept that a promise is a spoken commitment or a written declaration of assurance the people make one to another. But Peter differentiates God's word of promise from any other words of promise ever spoken. Peter draws a huge distinction when he describes God's promises as exceedingly great and precious. The promises of God are not just great, Peter is telling us that they're far, far beyond this word, great. The promises of God are not just great. If we were to just call God's promises great, it would be inaccurate and unjust. Literally, from Peter's words that he uses, he's saying that the promises of God are greater than great. You can't measure them against any promise that we make as human beings. No matter how great a promise one human being can make to another, nothing can match 
the exceeding greatness of God's promises to you. They exceed everything that you can ask for. They exceed everything that you or I can imagine. And Peter calls these promises exceedingly great and precious promises given to us by God. This word that he uses, precious, he uses it to emphasize the exceeding value and worth of these promises. You see, you and I are inheritors of covenant promises that cannot be broken. Faye mentioned that scripture from Deuteronomy where God tells us about his covenant that it cannot be broken for a thousand generations. And what he was saying there, in effect, was that it's eternal. It's eternal. It's unending. And it's unbreakable. We are the inheritors of such a covenant. We are the inheritors of such promises made by God in Christ Jesus, ratified by his blood. These promises have inestimable value and worth for each one of us. They've been given. They've been given to you. God's never going to take them back. They've been given. They're yours. They're handed to you as God's people. When the Apostle Paul was at the church in Corinth, his passion, along with Silas and Timothy, was to exclaim that these exceedingly great and precious promises that we have been given all have a yes and an amen behind them to bring them into being. Now, we looked at this a little last week, but I want us to remind ourselves of it. Listen again to Paul's words about God's word, about these exceedingly great and precious promises that we have been given to enable us to become partakers of the divine nature. In, 1 Corinthian, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says this, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. In Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Paul wanted the church to understand that every single promise that God has ever made has a resounding yes attached to it when it comes to our lives. Paul assured believers as the Word of God assures us that God never wavers or vacillates between yes and no. He doesn't give to take back. It's not yes to some and no to others. It's an all-out yes to everyone who is in Christ Jesus. God is not and never will be double-minded. When it comes to blessing our lives, 
He doesn't waver or fluctuate between two opinions like we do because of changing mood and changing emotions. We go up and we go down. One minute we say you can have this, the next minute we're taking it back over here. God's not like that. God never changes. He says outrightly, I am the Lord, I change not. He changes not in relation to your life. He can't help but bless you. He can't help but love you. He can't help but say yes to your requests when you cry to him in need. Because all of his promises and his covenant promises to you is yes and amen. Irrespective of what it might be. There's a resounding yes over every promise for our lives in Christ Jesus. The only question, listen, the only question that will ever be raised regarding our rights to receive what God has spoken are the questions we raise in unbelief. That's the only question that will ever rise in relation to your rights for these promises to come into being in your life. Because as far as God is concerned, he's given his answer and made his decision before any question can be asked. Wrapping it all up in a very little simple word of yes. Yes to all of it. That's covenant for you. And it's been ratified in the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no limitation. There's no restriction. Every promise is open and available. Paul uses the word amen also in this verse. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. And it's important that we understand this word here. Because amen is not just a little word that you tag on to the end of a prayer when you finish it. Amen is such an important word, such an amazing word when we understand what it means. It means, so be it done unto you in exact accordance with what God has spoken and promised with immediate effect. Hallelujah. So be it done unto you in exact accordance with what God has promised with immediate effect. I can sense that some of us are going to go from this place this morning and start opening our Bibles, scanning it and searching it and devouring it. And so we should. Every promise, every word that's been spoken has a yes and an amen on it for your life. So for the remainder of our time today and over into next Sunday, I want to give you eight points of promise to take into this new year that are exceedingly great and precious. These points of promise all have, remember, a resounding yes and amen over them for our lives. Today we'll probably just focus on three of these points of promise and then next week we'll cover the remaining ones. But as we start 
2022, let's resolve to take hold of these exceedingly great and precious promises that have been given to us by God in his word and live lives in the power of promise. Live lives under the direction and blessing and fruitfulness of God's word. First point of promise that I want to give to us this morning is a promise for protection. A promise for protection. And as I'm going to read verses from Psalm 91 and proclaim God's protective promise over your lives, if at any point you want to shout, Amen! So be it done unto me in exact accordance with your promise, with immediate effect, go ahead. Because you're protected. You're protected by promise. Psalm 91, verse 9 through to 16 says this, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Befall you. Amen to that. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Amen. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen to it all. Hallelujah. Amen. So be it done unto you and to me in exact accordance with what God has promised and spoken with immediate effect in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. When we read these words from Psalm 91, the overarching message is obvious. It's a promise for protection. And David in this chapter openly acknowledges that trouble comes. Trouble sometimes arises suddenly out of nowhere. Overwhelming circumstances that are aggressive and fierce can try to beset us. And David, as we've read, symbolically uses the lion and the cobra to symbolize that danger. To symbolize that things can try and overwhelm and overpower and, and obstruct us in our way of life. Yet his confidence was in God's promise of protection. He didn't deny that on occasions there would be sudden dangers that would arise against the people of God. But his confidence, his trust, his understanding was anchored in the promises of God for protection in relation to his life. He says, because the Lord is our refuge and dwelling place. His angels 
are given charge over us because the Lord is our helper. The overpowering events of life sent to destroy us. We will be able, through the power of God, to trample underfoot. Hallelujah! That's an amazing picture of strength. That's an amazing picture of victory, of triumph, of reigning in life. Get under my foot, you circumstance. Get under my foot, you annoying spirit of fear. Get under my foot, you spirit of depression. Get under my foot, you spirit of disease and sickness. Get under my foot, you spirit of poverty. Get under my foot in Jesus' name. Humbly acknowledging that he is your refuge and your strength. Humbly acknowledging that you do not have the power to deal with it in and of yourself. You run to him and he energizes you and places those very things that would seem aggressive and violent and, and dangerous under your foot. You'll trample on it, you'll walk on it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! And amen to it. And then, he just keeps on going. And I'm telling you now, there is far, far more in these words than I can ever explain. David keeps on going and he says, God counteracts the attack counteracts what tries to bring you down by elevating you and setting you on high. Tell you now, the trials of life, the circumstances that have been set to destroy you, can be the greatest means for God to elevate you and set you on high. And you'll look back on your tracks and you'll say, thank God for it. When you feared it, when you, when you cried in your trouble, by the time God's finished you, finished with you and set you on high and elevated you in your trouble, you'll thank him for it, I tell you. You really will. David also reveals in his words in Psalm 91 that God is never delayed or distant. His help is immediate. When you call on God, you don't go into a queue. You don't hear an automated operator announce that volumes of calls are unusually high? Phone back later. You're never going to hear an engaged tone. You're never going to get to God's voicemail to leave a message. No, the assistance from God is immediate. Verses 15 and 16 of Psalm 91, there are four I will promises from God that are all related to immediate protection over our lives. God gives us his absolute assurance that he will personally protect us by saying, I will answer, I will be with, I will deliver, and I will satisfy. Listen to verses 15 and 16 again of Psalm 91. Psalm 91 verses 15 and 16, David says this, He shall call upon me. 
and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Four times in just two verses, God states his full commitment to be personally with us in every troubling event in life. I will answer, I will be with, I will deliver, and I will satisfy. Nothing is going to conquer you. Nothing is going to overwhelm you. Why? Because the sustainer of all the earth, the creator of the universe, Yahweh God is in covenant with you and is your protector. Hallelujah. Can't get a more comprehensive life insurance than this. It's a promise of protection. You won't find a life insurance policy on this earth that will ever come close to it. God makes his promise, and he will not falter. He will not fail to deliver. Can you see now why Peter the apostle, knowing this, called these promises exceedingly great, exceedingly great. <laughs> Woohoo! exceedingly great and precious promises and they've been given to you they're never going to get taken back given to you now you know why it's such a great sin to worry now you know why it's such a great sin to fear now you know why it is such a great sin to not know this wonderful word of God. They've been given to us. Exceedingly great and precious promises are ours in Christ Jesus. Now before we move on from this promise of protection, I want you to listen to Isaiah's words. Because he carried a message to God's people regarding the Lord's protection, the Lord's promise of protection for their lives. Whenever an impossible or impassable life event would arise and face them, God told them not to fear. Very often when we face the impossible, and when there can be a life circumstance or situation that arises that seems impassable, the first natu natu natural reaction is to fear. But God, knowing this way ahead of time, encouraged his people not to fear, ever to fear the impossible, or ever to fear circumstances that seemed impassable for their lives. He would enable them to pass through the impassable and make possible the impossible. Isaiah 43 verses 1 to 2 says this, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, 
And he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Why are God's people happily settled back in their own land? Why are God's people not worried, God's people Israel, not worried about the amassing armies and that they're the center of, of the news almost every single day? Why? Because they have a covenant promise from God that God will make the impossible possible, and whenever they face an impassable situation, God will just cut on through and make a way where there is no way. He led them up out of Egypt, and then he set them before a sea, an impassable situation, an impossible moment, and yet he told Moses to lift that old staff that he picked up in the wilderness in the backside of the desert and that sea split open and the people of God walked through on dry land and then Pharaoh and all of his host of armies tried to follow on through but that sea closed down on them and they never saw their taskmasters again and God went on to lead that people over two million of them for 40 years every day was impossible every day there was something that was opposing them that seemed impassable but God Jehovah Yahweh was with them and led them on through to that promised land hallelujah he's a God of the impossible he's a God that enables us to pass through the impassable this again is a promise of protection for his people. And even David talked about this wonderful element of protection, of promise that God gives. Psalm 23 verse 4, you know it well. David says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is that? Protection. Protection. It's personal protection. All of these promises are exceedingly great. And precious, spoken by God. And they assure us of his protection from anything that would seek to harm us. So let's rest at the outset of this year, at the outset of 2022, that any impossible or impassable life event that tries to oppose us will come under. God's hand as he protects us and leads us on through. We have a promise of protection for 2022. A point of promise. We are protected. The next point of promise that I want us to look at is a promise for direction. 
Proverbs chapter 3 reveals that God will direct our paths as we trust him. Proverbs 3 from verse 5 through to 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. A promise for direction. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. What a joy it is for us to know and experience God's willingness to direct our paths. We don't have to make it up as we go along. There's no guesswork involved when we trust God. We don't have to be wise in our own eyes. God oversees our walk. He's the director of our path as we trust him. And this word direct that Solomon uses here has a wonderful meaning. It means to make straight and make prosperous. How about in 2022, God making straight and making prosperous every path your foot shall tread on. Outside of this, life, life's path can be twisted. It can be complicated. It can be full of failure and darkness. But God promises to direct our paths, to make them straight, and to make them prosperous. King David also confirmed this in Psalm 37, verse 23, by saying, Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man and a woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. The word ordered that David uses literally means that our steps are set up, prepared, and pre-planned ahead of us before we walk in them. The word ordered also carries the thought of being made exactly for you, like tailor-made. Your steps are tailor-made by God, each step arranged to be right, favored, stable, and sure. That's the wonderful, colorful meaning of the text in Hebrew. This word ordered, it has such an incredible meaning. Just like the word that Solomon used when he said that our paths are directed. Our paths are made straight. Our paths are made prosperous. Our, our, our steps are set up, prepared, pre-planned, made exactly for us, uniquely tailor-made by God for you. Each step is arranged, made right, favored, stable, and sure. That's the confidence that we have in God, a promise for direction. When we wander 
when we wander from God's way and we don't take the step that's designed for our lives, what happens? What happens? Well, we fall flat on our face. But David, David is quick to say that even our falling down is covered by God's faithfulness. 2021, you might remember a lot of falling down. I fell down a lot. 2022, in all honesty, probably going to fall down and graze my knees as well. But David is quick to cover that. Our falling down is covered by God's faithfulness. In verse 24 of Psalm 37, David adds, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And this again in the, in the Hebrew text is a beautiful, beautiful picture. Even when we stumble and fall, you see, God is not looking for perfection. And he's not critiquing our lives. He knows every step. He knows the stumbling. He knows the stopping. And he knows when we just crash and fall. But the picture that David sees in God is so wonderful that God is faithful even when we fall. He says he upholds us. He upholds us. And again, another word. I mean, you're getting a lot of words here this morning, but to uphold means to take hold of. Aren't you glad that when you fall and when you fail and when you stumble, God does not leave you languishing in that pit. God does not leave you languishing in your failure. He comes faithfully and he upholds you. He lifts you up. He takes hold of you. He, cup, he comes up under you with his strength and his support. That's what it means to be upheld by God. Somebody else may try to come and lift you up from that, from that failure, from that defeat, from that dark situation. Do you know what? They won't have the strength to do it. But when God upholds you, when he takes hold of you, when he lifts you up, he raises you up so that you can walk again, so that your steps can be in time with him, so that you can carry on your way in his design. It means to raise up. To be upheld by God means to raise up when one has fallen down. It's a beautiful picture. It's kind of like what we do as parents when our children are little and learning to walk. How many attempts does it take for them to walk consistently? That's it. Months, years. They're up like this first of all. 
and over they go. They never take a stride. They watch you stride with ease, and you glide along, and they adore you, and they worship you, and they think that there's nobody like you because you can use those two things on the end of your body so well. And you're gliding, and you're striding, and they... You get the picture. They fall. They bang their head, hurt their hands, graze their knees, and over they go, and they scream in pain. And sometimes the scream is far bigger than the pain. And you come running. You come running. You don't get your notepad out and make a list of what they did wrong. You don't sit them down and give them a lecture. What do you do? You open your arms and you uphold them. You uphold them and you bring them close. You hold them tight. And it doesn't, lo- doesn't, t- it doesn't matter how long it takes for their, their fear and their, their pain and their tears to go. You comfort them and you hold them. You don't even have to say anything. You wipe their tears away. And then that smile starts to return again. And they have another little go. That's what we're like. God knows we're like that. He knows we're like that. And he's faithful when we fall. David sees this. He picks us up. He pulls us close. He dusts us off. And then he gets us walking again. Why? Because he delights. He delights in your way. He delights in your way. You know, sometimes the head noise in our minds, we're so beat up by some of the thoughts that we think. They're not God's thoughts. We've got all of this stuff that we, 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 we're battling with, possibly from the past, all of us now. And, 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 you know, you just wake up in any given day and all of this stuff comes into your mind. We struggle. But God's thoughts for us, God's thoughts for you, God's thoughts for me are not the thoughts that we hold in our mind. They're thoughts that will hold you up when you fall because he is faithful. He delights. He delights in your way. He really does. Exceedingly great and precious promise for direction in 2022. Our path is ordered, set out, set up, uniquely made by God because he delights in directing us. Then the final promise, final point of promise that I want us to think about today is a promise for strength. A promise for strength. You're going to know this one well. Get your amens or your amens ready. Listen to Isaiah 40 to hear how God gives power and renewed strength 
to the weak and weary. It's a point of promise for strength. Isaiah 40 verses 28 through to 31 says this, have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no mighty increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Again, an incredible picture. Isaiah sees God undergirding his people in their weakness, undergirding his people in their weariness, giving them renewed strength, enabling them to use adversity for their advantage. That's what an eagle does. He uses the adverse winds that would come against him for his advantage to soar higher. Running and not getting exhausted. Walking and not feeling feeble or faint. This is a promise of strength for 2022. And just like the prophet Isaiah, the apostle Paul speaks about the strength we need through God's spirit in our inner man. Ephesians Chapter 3, verse 14 through to 21, Paul says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. What do we have to fear as we go forward in 2022 when we have exceedingly great and precious promises like that? Promises for protection, promises for direction, and promises for strength. And we're going to get to the other five next week. And I'm telling you, I'm giving you eight promises, right? Eight points of promise. There's thousands in the Word of God. We're just taking eight to set our course out for 2022, to encourage our hearts, to strengthen our resolve in doing what God's called us to do as his people. But there are thousands. The word of God is teeming with promises for you and I that all have a yes and an amen on them. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. I'm going to pray right now. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us 
to help us in our walk, to help us take hold of everything that God has granted to us, maybe to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, that we would know him more deeply this year than we've ever done. That the Word of God, like Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, would dwell within us richly. He says, you've got to let it. He said, let it, let the Word of God dwell within you richly. Make a quality decision. Make the best decision of your life to let the Word of God in all of His fullness dwell within you richly. Those exceedingly great and precious promises. Hear your mouth declare them out. Let your mind meditate on them and be arrested by them throughout this year. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for your people. I thank you for your word. I thank you for these these points of promises that we are looking at, these points of promise that we are looking at and setting out at the beginning of this year to strengthen us, to excite us, to generate a bigger expectation of you in our lives. We thank you that these promises have been given to us, that we might become partakers of the divine nature your life in our life. There's no other way to live. And Lord, we thank you for the open access that we have into this wonderful, glorious life, this resurrection life that enables us to reign in life, to conquer and to be more than conquerors over anything that would try to stand in our way as we live for you. Lord, I pray for your people as I have just simply seeded your word in their hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that they would take hold of it. They would be excited about it. They would believe it. And they would see the, the, the fruition of it. Thank you that your word is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's powerful. And it can displace anything in our lives that would seek to hinder or stand in opposition to your will. So, Lord, today we ask you that you would seal this word in our hearts. In Jesus' name, we ask it as your people. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. 